You are listening to Cut Jib Newsletter Speaks, the podcast. This is a brand new series, series number five, episode one for Friday, the 29th of September, 2023. It's JJ Sefton, along with uh, my good friend, co-blogger and colleague, CBD, who is uh, not reporting from his usual spot, but from spots... uh, Unknown. I won't give that up unless he wants me to. And in any case, uh, CBD, the breaking news for once, we're actually on top of the curve here, is that uh, the senator from uh, the, the senator from California, one of them, Diane Feinstein, has finally uh, kicked the bucket uh, at the age of 90. And so uh, she joins the choir invisible and is heading southward, very, very south, I'm sure, for her, her career of, uh, of a disgusting uh, grift, graft. And uh, Democrat Meshigas over the last, uh, you know, nearly forty years. Yeah, she's a real charmer. Um, and by the way, just to to get back to where I am, I'm I'm in uh, Steamboat Springs, Colorado. I'm ah. here for a, a wedding, and um, it's actually quite beautiful. Uh, and I am, of course, stoned off my gourd, and in the process of growing a ponytail because <laughs> that is what one does in Colorado. I I haven't seen more ponytails on men uh since uh my youth in berkeley so uh, it's, a, it's a little odd um colorado of course uh is one of those strange states uh that has uh, you know a, a couple of big cities that dominate the politics of of the entire state anyway so get, getting back to to feinstein um I, you know, I was thinking about how vile a life she must have led over the last several years. She clearly was descending into, into dementia. She was quite feeble. Uh, her entire life was consumed with remaining a senator. And, and to me, that that diminishes the, the gift of life that we, we all are given. And, and it also speaks uh, rather poorly of the un- unfortunately Democrat and Republican attitude toward um acquiring and retaining power in america these people need to go away um sefton and i talked about uh about some sort of term limiting um in washington and this is such a perfect example she did nothing for the people of california over the last several years other than vote as a reliable essentially socialist uh, you know on the democrat platform and uh, th- this this has to change in America before we claw our way back out of the abyss that we are in. Absolutely. Um, you know, she, uh, along with it, with everything else, I mean, for, for, you know, for, I don't know, maybe 20 years, she had a chauffeur that was uh, peddling her around all over the place in California or in Washington, D.C. or wherever. And the guy was a verified agent of the Chinese Communist Party. And and nothing, you know, he suffered and she suffered no consequences. Her husband did, suffered no consequences. And they let this thing go. I mean, it's, it's you know, this is just it's part and parcel. I mean, we can go into the perhaps the, the shenanigans of Elaine Chow and who is Mrs. Mrs. Mitch McConnell, because she and she and her family are connected to a Chinese, if not Chinese owned, but certainly China's uh, approved businesses. And the this it's in and of itself is, is madness. And of course, that goes right to the top with Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, who, uh, of course, they're innocent as the, as the wind driven snow, of course. But, you know, back to the point of the gerontocracy and the kleptocracy, I generally would not have a problem if somebody of a certain age, I mean, I know we have our problems, you have your problems, and I have kind of my problems with Donald Trump. Mentally, he's okay. He's not, you know, he's not a a gibbering, demented fool. 
because politically he's on the right side of uh, he's on the right side of things. But uh, people who are just, uh, you know, two, two seconds away from, you know, from uh, from being a basket case and to me make things worse, who are, are, are Democrats. That's just uh, unacceptable. But it was amazing. I think the other day, I think either Joe Mannix or UCBD brought up the notion of, you know, term limits for everybody. And uh, I think literally a day later, I saw an article, whether it was either um, Marjorie Taylor Greene or I might have even been Marsha Blackburn or somebody in Congress brought up the very same idea of term limits, not just for uh, elected officials, but for the, bureau- the bureaucrats, the unelected bureaucrats. Get them out of there. You know, consider them almost like, a, you know, in the military, you get mustered out of the service after a certain length of time. And that's just that is a great idea. But, uh, you know, the more these people serve, the more opportunity there is for them to be corrupted and to grift and to graft and to and to do all the nasty things that they do. And once they're in there, they're embedded like a tick. And, you know, there was no reason, no real reason for Dianne Feinstein to stay there. Uh, you know, all the years that she stayed there, other from the fact, like Harry Reid and like everybody else, you know, just to make a dime to, and more than a dime, I should say. That's all they did it for. And obviously, their political motivations, especially senators on the left, is well known. So the sooner we can get rid of these people, perhaps that's perhaps that'll put a dent in the in the madness that we're witnessing right now. Oh, I agree. Um, you know, and, and I, I unless I'm incorrect, uh, Feinstein's husband was quite wealthy. So this acquisition of power and wealth is simply an emotional and, uh, you know, it not even emotional it's, it's his base response to the opportunities to the illegal and immoral opportunities afforded by our completely obviously chaotically broken political system but uh mm-hmm. the the next interesting question i think is who is going to replace um diane uh-huh. feinstein the they i think unless i'm terribly mistaken the uh governor of California will choose her replacement until the next either special election or regular election. Um, so uh, Brokerine Newsom has an opportunity to cause a lot of, of trouble in the California political establishment. And I am absolutely looking forward to him screwing this up completely. He probably won't. He'll be getting advice from a lot of people who are probably a little bit smarter than he is, which isn't saying much. But, yeah. uh, you know, the usual suspects um would be just fantastic senators um who who is that idiot congressman from southern california well, well yeah there yeah the, the one person that is that is being groomed or is potentially going to be running either for feinstein seat or i don't even know who the i don't know who the hell the other senator is now who is oh it's um who is the other senator from 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 california it's uh God, I forget. They're all, I, I can't believe I can't remember this. But anyway, yeah, it's Adam Schiffer. Brains is is uh, is uh, the heir apparent to one of those Senate seats. The problem with California is, and they've raised us think about this even beforehand. You have uh, black females like the the insane mayor of Cal- of uh, Los Angeles, uh, Karen Bass, who is basically a Black Panther and a Maoist uh, rolled into one. Uh, they want either a black a person of color, a colored person of color, uh, or a female, or a homosexual, a transsexual, or some combination thereof of some victim group that is neither white nor heterosexual nor male. But uh, the power struggle that will ensue if Newsom, you know, picks Schiff or somebody like that, uh, yeah, heads are going to explode. I mean, um, it's and I, I, I'm with you. I mean, past the popcorn. It's basically the Iran-Iraq war. And of course, now this redounds onto Gavin Newsom himself 
as the potential replacement candidate for Joe Biden if indeed he is either forced out or retires or or does something before the next election and uh, and does not seek the 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 nomination or doesn't run. So all of this is kind of delicious to watch. It is indeed. Um, I, I asked um, folks when uh, before we uh, started up the recording of the, car, the podcast, I asked Sefton if uh, Newsom could nominate himself as the uh, replacement senator, which would be very, very <laughs> funny. I think it would be great. Anyway, um, so the Internet tells me that the junior senator from California is a man named Alex Padilla. I've never heard the man's name in my life. It is so, you know, California politics is so broken that uh, there's this explicit assumption that it will be a reliable, you know, socialist slash Democrat uh, elected. doesn't matter what the people of California say. The the ballot is written in the back rooms of Sacramento and and in uh, D.C. and for all we know, Calorama. So uh, anyway, yeah. um, hopefully, and, that, and that's by the, and by by the just to, just to sort of sidetrack. That's why Menendez is in trouble right now because he has outlived his usefulness. And the other reason is that, and we'll get to um, the Middle East in a minute, but. Uh, the one thing he is, aside from being a crackpot liberal lefty and Democrat, he is a staunch supporter or a, at least a solid supporter, shall we say, of the state of Israel. And he is against the Iran nuclear deal. So all those things going, plus the fact that it's a nice distraction from Biden's troubles and uh, to make the Democrats look like they're above board and bipartisan, you know, the Menendez has to go. Does that mean they're going to nominate someone normal? Of course not. It's it's a safe seat to nominate a safe Marxist. That's a very good point. The um, you know, the the Calorama uh, flank is anti-Israel and pro-Iranian nuclear device. So clearly, Menendez has stepped on enough toes in the uh, Obama third um, term that uh, he had to go. Now, let's let's be honest about uh, Mr. Menendez. He's been a crook for his entire career. Uh, everybody in Hudson County knew it. Um, the people that he associates with in Hudson County are crooks. So this isn't this isn't surprising that he got popped. What is surprising is the timing. Uh, it should have happened 20 years ago. But uh, as, as we all know, these things do not happen according to the law. They happen according to political expediency. Bingo. Absolutely. Absolutely. Next on our hip parade, uh, 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 CBD, you, as you say, you are in the wonderful state, uh, unfortunately, the politics aside, of in the beautiful state of Colorado. Uh, and uh, I had a story this morning, and it's just so reflective of the, the uselessness and the fecklessness of the GOP, where this congressman, uh, uh, Ken Buck, there were two articles that I, that I highlighted. One, he, along with 17 other GOP rat bastards, voted against a proposal that basically would uh, neuter the the diversity garbage in the military. And uh, they voted along with the Democrats to nix that deal. And now the the Defense Department can be just as woke as they want to be. And then there was another one where they're uh, we're trying to prevent this. I think it's called the JCPA. It's not it is not the Iran nuke deal, but I forget the, what the initials stand for. But it's a cert, a cert, a, it is essentially uh, some law that will bail out the failing media. And by bail out the media, it means give them enough money and enough oxygen to keep being uh, running interference for the junta and to censor conservatives and to keep to keep the, the propaganda wing alive. And he voted this as a bipartisan yay with that wonderful Senator uh, Amy Klobuchar. And, you know, with Republicans like this, who the hell needs Democrats? What a scumbag. And this guy was initially a Tea Party conservative. 
And so, so what does that tell you? I mean, it's just what I mean. It's just it's infuriating. Here we are. We're we're on a, on a knife edge, and we have no. For whatever it's worth in this broken political system, at least let us have a solid party of solid people who are in lockstep to try to defend the country and defend the Constitution. But, of course, we do not have that, as is evidenced by this SOB Ken Buck. And just to put the cherry on the parfait, he is not going to be seeking re-election. And guess what he's doing? He's seeking a gig at CNN. Oh, boy. He's going to be the next Joe Scarborough. Just what we need. Uh, the, the revolving door uh, continues apace in Washington. Any Republican congressman, who, any Republican politician who wholeheartedly supports the, the corporate media in this country is, it, it should be immediately suspect in the eyes of any rational conservative in this country. The corporate media has done such an incredible job at destroying public discourse in this country and destroying free speech in this country that anybody who supports them is, as I said, immediately suspect and is probably a rat bastard. Absolutely. You know, and just as one example, it, it, it brings to mind something I saw this morning on the uh, on the stupid AOL Huffington Puffington post. Uh, the, the headline was it was it was it said and this was the wording of the headline GOP led House panels to um, subpoena Hunter Biden and, and James Biden. Now, why must they say a GOP-led House panel? Hint, hint. Meaning that they, the, 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 the skew of the story is that it's a witch hunt right there, just from the, from the title itself. Now, when, when Donald Trump was being impeached, I, I could bet your balls to a barn door that it never said Democrat-led House panels. It probably just said House panels to make it look like it was, it was bipartisan. I mean, that just illustrates how disgusting the propaganda machine is in, the, in this country. Just that one little... One little thing alone in a headline, what it does. My God. Well, you can see that in in most reporting. Um, the, the you know they lead they lead with uh, Republicans pounce, Republicans strike, you know Republicans clamor for, and then uh, on the other side, uh, you know there's this excuse me beautiful descriptive uh, elegant um, explanation <laughs> of what is going on politically without uh, the the partisanship that is always evident when they discuss republican uh republican anything right i mean they always use the they always use the no matter who it is they use the 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 uh the, the adjective extremist it's any time any any name the republican it's always extremist and then of course uh years later when when they're out of office I mean, like, you know, george bush is no longer an extremist he's a he's a nice guy who who's normal if only we had more republicans like bush than we had trump Oh, we'd vote for him in a heartbeat. My ass. Terrible. Just, you know, just, just it's disgusting. Well, as, as a bit of a strange segue, I was reading some stupid article. Uh, in, I have a, this news feed on my phone that provides all sorts of weird shit. So, you know, I clicked on one thing and it was a, a an article about I don't really understand what because it was obviously written by AI and it was so disjointed. It was so incoherent that. I thought maybe it would have been written by a you know Syracuse University journalism graduate. It was so bad. There was there was so little structure, so little detail that made that that elucidated anything about the topic. I honestly and truly I could not figure out what the hell they were talking about. And so, the interesting thing about AI, <laughs> as as more and more of these articles are written by AI, is is that uh, traditional 
antagonism toward the Republican Party, toward the conservative movement in America, going to remain in these articles? The answer, of course, is of course they will, because AI is written by human beings. And the people who are writing it and the people who are paying the bills are telling these programmers in no uncertain terms, well, you know, we need a progressive cant to to this uh, AI software package and so on and so forth. Anyway, just just as an aside. Yeah, I was going to say, if it, if you, it was incoherent, you couldn't make sense of it. it was Michelle Obama's master's thesis or Joe Biden's latest stump speech. So either one of those two. But but you're right. It's it's just, you know, this. It's garbage as you know, computer was I'm mean, what the first thing I learned in computer class 40 odd years ago was the phrase garbage in garbage out. And that's exactly what you're getting. You know, it's very interesting. Um, I I know people who are quite involved in the um, implementation or the possible impl- implementation of AI or whole language learning, as they call it, into finance. And uh, that's fraught with danger. But anyway, um, apparently. AI systems have what they call hallucinations, which I find fascinating. The idea that a computer program designed to learn and to, you know, vomit out uh, the analysis of data can have something called a hallucination. And that is, of course, that, you know, two competing ideas, the, the system doesn't know which is correct, which isn't correct. And so it spouts nonsense. And that is our future, folks. We are, <coughs> excuse me, we are going to be governed by computer programs that hallucinate. You know, I, you, were, you were describing this and I'm thinking the only thing I could think of was uh, 2001, A Space Odyssey, and uh, telling Hal to open the pod doors when he, after he murders the entire crew. And I'm going, oh my God, you know, it's exactly it, you know? We're fifty odd years later, and this is this is what what it's going to do. Or there was a there was a wonderful science fiction movie. I don't know if it was made for TV or not. It was called Colossus: The Forbin Project, where these two supercomputers, one Russian and one American, uh, become self aware and uh, basically uh, decide that man is too stupid to to rule his own affairs, and uh, they will rule for them. And but uh, those are two computers. But instead of two computers, we have Klaus Schwab and Hans Jörg Wyss and George Soros. So, but. Uh, you know, two sides of the same coin, I guess. <laughs> you know, what's sad about about those three names is that they're these are not brilliant people. I'm Soros, you know, is a cutthroat businessman, and the rest of them are too. But these these are not brilliant po- political, um, yeah, I don't know, whatever the term you might use. The problem is that they're that their opponents on the conservative side and the corporate uh, Republican side in the United States, in particular, are unbelievably naive and unbelievably stupid and completely unfocused. All they focus on is self-aggrandizement and enrichment. And they do not focus on the the long-term battle for a, you know, for for some sort of a foil against this, this encroaching socialist hellhole that we seem to be descending into. Yeah. Well, we see it. You no, know, you see it uh, writ large, really, with with this institution known as the Chamber of Commerce, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. You would think the U.S. Chamber of Commerce would be, as its name suggests, uh, promoting American business, the American way, and the uh, you know the the, the elevation of of, uh, of the American way of life and the American worker. And it's just the opposite. 
They're in favor of open borders and for uh, deindustrializing and and uh, and destroying the, and shipping our labor off sea, offshore to China, uh, wherever else, and every other third world shithole, so they can make a profit and destroy the American worker. And I mean, I look at someone like a Mitch McConnell. I mean, Mitch McConnell could care less necessarily. I mean, he puts up a good game, maybe, or a, a somewhat of an illusion of uh, pretending to be a, d- a defender of the Constitution. He could care less as. And as many of these people, if America goes down the tubes, courtesy of the Democrats, let us just make a buck off of it. And we'll play the game and be the uh, we'll be the Washington generals to your uh, Harlem Globetrotters and let you just run run rampant on us uh, 75 to two every time. So that's exactly what it is. It's just it's as you said at the very beginning of this podcast, CBD, uh, it's a system that is completely um, you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing because I forgot, but the nub of it was, uh, you know, that the American system is just completely gone and shot. Uh, the illusion of, of the two party po- two party system and, and electoral politics where the voters have, you know, their say is uh, forget it. If anybody still believes that they're they're you know, they're 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 as stupid as the guy who programmed the A.I. They're having an A.I. hallucination. Shall we say. Well, folks. With that, we're going to take a short break, and I can put some uh, oil on the wheels of this chair because it's been squeaking like a lunatic. Um, (laughs) And uh, we'll be back in a moment. Folks, we are back. Um, we're going to wrap this up in a bit, but first, I'd like to talk a little bit about something that happened in Israel uh, several days ago, uh, or a few days ago. Um, there was a uh, a public Yom Kippur celebration, not celebration, but um, service or meeting in Tel Aviv, and it was broken up by what is essentially a riot, um, and it and it shows the the huge gap in Israel between the left. And the what I consider the sane middle and the sane right, um, Tel Aviv's mayor uh, had passed a rule forbidding segregated prayers in the city's public spaces. Now, in Judaism, in Orthodox Judaism, the men and the women pray separately. Uh, you know, whether you like that really doesn't matter. That's a private decision on the part of the religion. Um, but he chose to to violate. Uh, freedom of religion in Tel Aviv, and uh, the obvious result was that uh, they essentially had a riot, and they had Jews um, fighting with other Jews over how to how to pray to God. And the unfortunate part about this is that Israel's Supreme Court found that the rule about forbidding segregated prayers was legal. And the problem there is that Israel has no; uh, they don't have a constitution. They have a they have some founding documents, but they don't have a constitution. But more important, they have a a justice system, a legal system that is led by judges who can do essentially whatever they want. And Netanyahu and the and the right in Israel have tried to change that, and that's what's going on. In, in the political sphere in Israel, that they are pushing against these unelected judges who pretty much do whatever 
the hell they want. And I'm not joking about that. They they pontificate on every aspect of Israeli life. And all, all the right wants to do is change that, make them elected, make them more accountable to the to the people's elected representatives. But the left in Israel sees what a wonderful thing it is to have leftist judges deciding every aspect of Israeli society, every aspect of Israeli life, and they're fighting like hell. That's what's going on in Israel. And that's essentially the wet dream of the leftists uh, over here in America is to control, really to control the court. And and once they control the court, anything goes that they want. Doesn't matter if people want it. Doesn't matter if it's constitutional, not constitutional. They will deem it, uh, for lack of a better word, kosher. And there it is, written in stone for twenty thousand years, and you will never ever get rid of it. And it's incredible how you know it, it's Israel with, with with Jews like that. Uh, you know you don't need Iranians. So I mean the, the Israelis will will the Israeli left will commit national suicide all by themselves, either by giving up land or by, you know, causing such internal strife that, that, that anything, you know, that a civil war could break out. And then it's, you know, it's all bets are off. This is, um, it's egregious. I mean, how, how a, you know, it's funny, the judges can actually, they can't be fired. They elect themselves, which means they elect their fellow travelers. And in a certain way, it's sort of a miracle that Israel has even sort of, you know, lasted this long. Uh, with, with this kind of a system, I can't. It, it sort of boggles the mind that that they that they even instituted this in the first place. But there it is. Well, Israel is a is a strange, strange place politically. Um, Jews throughout history have been quite successful in most endeavors. However, politically, um, I think my people are uh, retards. Um, I'll, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to pull any punches there. Um, Israeli politics, if you think American politics is nuts, uh, you should look at Israeli politics. It's absolutely insane. Anyway, um, so what what have you got for us, Mr. Sefton? The last thing I just, I think if it's even, you know, it's like the biggest thing and it's almost like with everything else, it puts the, you know, the circles around, the sake circles to the the beginning. Probably the most idiotic and useless thing is the, uh, the potential impeachment proceedings uh, going ahead against uh, against against Joe Biden, uh, with basically Hunter Biden being the, the the point on that with his crimes leading directly, of course, to to Joe Biden being the head of the family there. But what I find so egregious is that, and and it's the one thing that I admire that that you could, for lack of a better word, you admire the Democrats for. No matter what happens, they stand in pretty much in lockstep on everything. And if they don't, like Bob Menendez is happening, you know, they get the chop. And what's happening in these hearings is that the usual idiots like this uh, Quasimodo, whatever his name is, Quasi Infumi, Quasimodo, or, uh, you know, this, <laughs> the, this idiot um, uh, Jamie Raskin, they're shrieking and they're screaming about Giuliani and it's got nothing to do with Julia. You know, they're putting on a, a total, they're literally doing a cruise chef, banging their shoe and yelling and screaming and, t- and throwing the tables over when all the evidence is quite solid. But at least they, you know, they put on a good show. When uh, Trump was being impeached, I don't I don't recall, the, you know, some of the Republicans being as, you know, and rightfully being as pissed as they should have been. But it just as I said to you, you know, we had we had the break. It is amazing that if you just take the word in this instance with everything that's going on in this country, 
it, with all the crimes that Trump is accused of and, and all the, you know, the, how, how Biden is being la- touted as innocent as the day is long, substitute the word Democrat for Republican and all the headlines and the word Trump for Biden, and you got it made. Donald Trump, love him, hate him, don't like him, whatever it is, is arguably one of the most honest people. And I'm not saying he's a necessarily an honest guy. He was a very true businessman, probably one of the most honest people to ever have held the office of president of the United States in the last hundred years, if not in our history. Joe Biden, exactly the opposite, among probably the most crooked people to ever hold any public office. And yet look at how they're being treated. Unbelievable. So I, I, I agree partially. I think that, uh, that Donald Trump um, understands the laws that apply to his businesses very, very well. And he used them to his advantage. That is not a criticism. That's simply smart, hard-nosed business practices. Um, whether he is a crook, I'll never know. We'll never know. The, the what, the, the, well, the many, many lawsuits. I don't know how many, I, I, I don't know how many uh, um, proceedings against him there are, several at least are all so political that it it buries whatever law breaking he might be involved in. Now I I happen to agree. I think he's he's you know, he's a businessman. So has he has he danced on that line in his 40 or 50 years of of business? Of course he has. Just like every other businessman in the world. Um sure. but getting back but, to the impeachment, I th- I think yeah. it's actually very interesting. I think that the conservative movement has made a, a bit of a tactical error and that in focusing on Hunter Biden so much. I think that Hunter Biden's gun charges are bullshit. Um, I happen to be a Second Amendment absolutist. What, you know, if we can send him to jail, great, but it's not that big a deal. Um, his 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 tax law breaking, I don't really care. The what what we need to focus on as a conservative movement and as a Republican Party is how Joe Biden is involved in Hunter Biden's illegality. Hunter Biden should when, when the word Hunter Biden comes out of the mouth of a of a politician in America, it should be a segue into and Joe Biden is involved with this because and this is how. Hunter I mean, Biden is a peon. He did what his what his father forced him to do, and he is simply a conduit into the Joe Biden crime syndicate. Absolutely. The only here's the thing. Hunter Biden is a frickin' crack-smoking failure of a human being and a whoremonger. That's all he is. The only reason that he's a multi-multi-millionaire, and believe me, it ain't his artwork, the only reason he's that way because of what he traded in on. What he traded on was his father's name and his father's position, period, end of story. And that means that his father let him do that because when you're doing that, it means that his father is going to agree with all the bullshit that you are supposedly arranging for him. I mean, the fact that even Joe Biden was on on television and it's videotaped admitting to the fact that when he was vice president, he had a Russian or a Ukrainian judge fired and, a, and a, an investigation quashed into the dealings of Burisma, the, the gas company where his son was a, an executive on. And the only gas he knows about is farting and belching, uh, you know, but that's about it. What expertise does he have in gas and why is he on the board for multi-million dollar salaries of a, of a country 10,000 miles away? And Joe Biden is on camera admitting that he had, he had the judge fired because of the investigation into it. I mean, if that doesn't, you know, if that isn't, I wouldn't necessarily a smoking gun, but a very hot and steamy firearm on the table pointing directly at Mr. Biden 
than a Joe, then I don't know what is. I mean, then that's just tip of the iceberg. We have the laptop. We have all of these things. It's like the more evidence we have, the more the left screams. It's all bullshit. Meanwhile, the the, the non-evidence against Donald Trump, the, the less that there is of any evidence, the more that they scream he's guilty of sin and should be uh, hung, executed, drawn and quartered, imprisoned and, and dead uh, for all eternity. It's just it's the hypocrisy and the that alone just sort of makes makes you crazy, but it's just it's in your face. There's nothing you can do about it. Well, interestingly, I think we might have mentioned it in the in the last uh, podcast, but um, a an Obama appointed judge um, found that the valuation for uh, Donald Trump's estate in Florida was a mere eighteen million dollars, uh, which is which is an affront to to every landowner in the state of Florida, because of course it's. It's many multiples of that, but it's a perfect example of the overreach of of the judiciary. How can this man? First of all, it's not his area of expertise. So uh, where he got that number, uh, aside from right out of his ass, I have no idea. But the idea that that judges have that much influence over the particulars of of complex business operations is ridiculous, and. You know, once again, this is this is exactly why the judiciary needs to be reined in. We talked about Israel a few minutes ago, but even in the United States, it needs to be reined in. the The idea of a of a judiciary that is on par with the representatives of the people, I think, is very very dangerous. Uh, Marbury versus Madison, uh, very very possibly, might have been the beginning of the downfall of the United States. You are probably quite quite right on that, and uh, I know our friend Michael Walsh, the historian and pundit uh, and uh, gadfly and man about town, has um, has written a book about that, about the history of the Democrat Party, and he basically, right with Marbury versus Madison, was right there with with Aaron Burr uh, murdering Alexander Hamilton and parlaying with the Spanish to steal uh, half of the land of the of what was the United States of that time up until up to the Mississippi River. Uh, you know, this is and it's what they, they they've been doing it since then, and they're doing it now, and they're always going to be doing it. So horrible, just just absolutely, just absolutely horrible. I mean, this, and it's like it's not that the judiciary, as you said, CBD is overreaching. The judiciary is out of control. They're they're a, an arm of political persecution, just like the FBI, the DOJ, the IRS, and every other uh, institution uh, part of the bureaucracy, which will never be reined in unless and until. Either our system completely changes or we get a chief executive that, as as you had uh, um, promoted in a previous podcast, uh, CBD, just doesn't allocate the funds for them and lets them starve, period, end of story, and, and just let not let them uh, do their uh, their persecutions that are disguised as, uh, you know, the people's business or whatever the hell business it is. So that's the uh, that's the state of play where we be right now. You mentioned uh, Hunter Biden's art. Um, I've, many of you probably have no idea, but um, over at Ace of Spades, um, AOS, um, what is it? Ace.new. Um, right. I, I post a an art thread uh, every weekday morning, and I've gotten many, many requests from the readers to post Hunter Biden's art. And I actually looked at some of his artwork, and... I'll I'll be fair. It it's not pathetic. It's not awful. It simply is devoid of talent. Uh, it's not provocative in any way. It's not interesting. There is nothing that would 
make you turn your head, look at it, and turn back and look again. Um, so that that to me that that tells me that uh, five hundred grand for a what is essentially a child's work of art is obviously a political payoff. Anyway, yes. Aside from that. <laughs> Aside from that, I think we've covered all our bases, at least for now, until the next catastrophe happens uh, in between now and the next broadcast. So anyway, you have been listening, my friends, to the Cut Jib Newsletter Speaks uh, podcast. Uh, it's JJ Septon here. Uh, for CBD, we just thank you from the bottom of our hearts for supporting us. Please hit the tip jar. It helps us keep the lights on. And uh, we will see you again real soon on the next one. Thanks for listening, folks.